podcast starts. Hello everyone, I'm TD Velasquez, but you can call me Dan. On my own again, just briefly, to introduce today's re-uploaded content, our discussion from 2018 about the 1981 sequel, Halloween 2, and the 80s boom in slasher films generally. We're adding it to the feed now as a lead-in to our new episode about 1982's Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, released on Friday. If you haven't heard this before on our YouTube channel, then for context, you might want to go and listen to our previous re-upload about 1978 Halloween before listening to this one. For this episode, Howard and myself are joined by Dan B, aka Spider Dan, from the podcast Spider Dan and the Secret Boars, and actor Rob Stewart Hudson. Over to Howard then to begin the discussion, but not before a quick burst of the Cordettes. Mr. Simon. Hello, and welcome to the second of our And Now the Podcast Starts series of movie review and discussion podcasts focusing on the Halloween franchise. We are your hosts, Howard, and this is Dan. Hello, everybody. I'm Dan again. Welcome back. Uh, and we are joined once again, uh, as on the previous episode, by Dan V. Hello, I'm back. Hello, Dan. The night I came back. <laughs> We've decided to devote an entire series of podcasts to the Halloween series, um, dealing with each film in detail in anticipation of the new movie coming out in October 2018, ingeniously titled Halloween. Spoiler alert. Indeed. Um, That was the voice of our special guest for this episode, who is the wonderful Rob Stewart Hudson. Hello. uh, Yes, that's me, Rob Stewart Hudson. Sorry for shouting things out. It's alright, so that's what you're here for. (laughs) Rob, I put a shout out on Facebook asking for um, fans of the Halloween franchise to contribute to this series, and you got in touch with me and said, I'm not really a fan of the Halloween franchise, I was more of a Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street kind of guy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I I remember watching Halloween years ago, um, but it was on on like a VHS video that... uh, I, can't, I think I'd bought it from a pound shop or something like that. Um, but I'd never, I'd, I'd always been a fan of those franchises you mentioned earlier on, Friday the Thirteenth and, and Nightmare on Elm Street first, because those are the ones I snuck downstairs to watch after dark. Those are the ones that I, I, I've got a nostalgic feel for. Um, so in many ways, I prefer them. I know that they're sort of they came after Halloween, and that was the precursor because of the early slasher film. But I don't know, I just always liked those ones more. There was always something, I think it's pure nostalgia because I like, I've seen those more. Well, I mean, um, I thought it was interesting to, to get you on the podcast. Yeah. From that perspective, really. Um, so what was it about those kind of movies and, and I guess slasher movies in general, maybe, that, that you liked? Well, uh, I was talking to my wife about this the other night, actually, because we were trying to watch, we were trying to re-watch them recently, the Halloween films, uh, one and two specifically. And... Uh, uh, we were trying to watch it last night, and she hates horror films of, of any description. She's like, she puts images in my mind, she doesn't like them. But she's also a psychiatrist, so she's also got lots of reasons why. <laughs> she also knows why, because she instantly went on the phone and looked it up. Um, and there's something psychological about 
um, watching horror films, there's loads of research done into it, and they think that people who like horror films have got a very low emotional intelligence. <laughs> oh, right. That's certainly true. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we all are. So she thinks I've got a low emotional intelligence, which is fine, you know. Right. I, I can accept that. It's um, not necessarily a bad thing, but it just means um, you like different things and you get different things out of different things. Yeah. Um, she felt very anxious watching it, and she couldn't actually watch the rest of it the first Halloween. She had to go upstairs and, and, and leave. But uh, I stayed down to watch it because I'm a masochist. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, those images don't stay with me necessarily. Although recently, as a dad, there's a slight tangent. As a, as a dad, I've only became a dad two years ago, and I used to love watching these horror films. As you said, Nightmare on Elm Street with uh, people being children being killed and teenagers and things like that. And I never, it never actually felt bad for me to watch because I'd just be like, oh, I could separate it definitely. And I used to watch It, Stephen King's It, yeah. which is slightly uh, different genre but still sort of creepy and uh, I've, re- I've watched the remake of It recently on the cinema and the, the little boy in it that gets killed at the beginning spoiler alert um, he looked exactly like my son oh, and I was just like oh no <laughs> and he gets his arm pulled off and everything and I was watching it like oh, going oh no this is not right and it taps into a whole other bit side of emotion mm-hmm. emotion side of you um, that said I didn't feel those emotions watching Halloween particularly mm-hmm. Um, because I'm not quite sure why maybe, maybe it's because they weren't kids what, I don't know how old Jamie Lee Curtis was in Halloween 1 and 2 she certainly wasn't 2 yeah. <laughs> but um, and she doesn't look anything like my son so <laughs> um, the voice is different for a start so <laughs> yeah maybe that's why I didn't get to didn't uh, get as, as effective do you think uh, I mean when you used to enjoy um, other slasher movies yeah uh, do, did they scare you or did you kind of find them more fun and do you think that if you watch them again now from a, a parent's point of view you'd find them disturbing or in a different or, or, or get something different out of them some of them I found I found very scary the very first Nightmare on Elm Street was terrifying really really was first time you watch it anyway the agreed Im- yeah, yeah the imagery yeah, of it yeah. and, and the, 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 the idea of it you fall asleep and you die yeah the big yeah that big bit damp, damp for those of you on the radio <laughs> which is everyone <laughs> Dan's just doing the big long wobbly arms that, yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. which looks and you look back on it now and you think oh god practical effects wise that looks yeah. a bit weird but I think it's precisely because it looks so mm. weird and ungainly it's very dreamlike the mm. whole lots of that sequence of those films are set in a dream mm. so it looks like a weird dream that a person could actually have and it's not CGI which looks weird and fake and rubbish mm. yeah. always <laughs> um, so, but because it's this practical effect of like you know canes on arms and yeah. stuff mm. it looks like a weird creepy dream and that does that image is very very terrifying and um, yeah a lot of other images in that film of him coming through the wall and oh, the gloves yeah. coming out of the bath and stuff it's yeah. all very nightmarish which is mm. effective um, yeah. so yeah I don't I think some of them are very scary some of them are ridiculous like some of the later Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. especially the, um, the Friday the 13th but I remember the I remember the, the I remember like uh, the girl at the start and she's getting cut across the stomach yeah. and stuff that was really nightmarish yeah like, yeah yeah definitely and then you, Johnny Depp gets pulled into the bed and guys from blood yeah. comes out. That's something that's very interesting actually, a difference between what I noticed last night from what because not seen Halloween for ages mm-hmm. or Halloween two. And watching those again and comparing them with what in my mind is a slasher film, mm-hmm. there's barely any gore yeah. at all in yeah. Halloween yeah. one. And there's a little bit more in two. It, mm-hmm. Obviously with the sequel you heightened stuff. But yeah, there's barely any gore in it. And you compare that to like Nightmare on Elm Street's budget, I was looking this up last night, was I think it was one point eight million. Right. Which is nothing at all. Not really. And there's blood and guts and, mm-hmm. and the effects. Of my... But in Halloween, there's 
I'm trying to think of like stand out. If it, it's beautifully shot, and mm-hmm. you know, there's long shots and there's lots of different things in there, but there's there's not much gore necessarily, if if at all. So I thought that was an interesting difference. I think yeah, with the, I think they just added more gore and more uh, mad kills. You know, that's became for the later the, yeah. those later scenes. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think um, producers kind of realised that. Although it's probably a little bit more expensive to have gore than no gore, yeah. it's not much more expensive. <laughs> no, and yeah. you could, you know a bucket of blood is about as probably costs as much as a drop. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Um, the, the late movies kind of splash it around a lot. I think, I think when they when they got to like hot things like hostel mm-hmm. uh, and things okay. like that, they they use the term gorenography. Right. Yeah. Oh, is that? Yeah. So it's like torture, almost torture. Torture porn. Yeah. yeah. Kind of torture pornography. But yeah. gornography, that was also a term. Yeah. Was. I mean, they are very, very gruesome, and, um, yeah. and everything is shown. Nothing's yeah. Everything oh, yeah. Shown. You see everything. Somebody's going to be. Somebody's going to be ripped to pieces. It's, all, it's also done very realistically as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah it they, is. they go. They're like, this is what would scientifically happen if your tendons were cut yeah, yeah. and things like that. Of course, especially if you can. But yeah, but the also like, but then like with Halloween and, and with Nightmare on Elm Street, there is the supernatural, mm-hmm. almost kind of ethereal kind of mystery of stuff. With that, it's just like, let's see how many ways I can cut into a human being. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what it's about. Yeah. I think there's a kind of romance to those kind of more supernatural horror movies, which is one of the things that I find appealing, which mm-hmm. there isn't really to a kind of hostile type mm-hmm. yeah. movie. Wrong turn. Well, let's not go there just yet. No. We'll come to that. That is a wrong I turn. Get, I get too angry. I mean, my... Um, I my the only wrong turn I took for that was into that cinema screen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, well, well, we'll definitely come to wrong turn. Because Please, let's not. Well, I mean, not necessarily in this episode, yeah. but it is, right, it yeah. is written by the guy who wrote Halloween 4. Okay. Oh. So, is, right. it, is that the curse or the return? Or That's the, the return. Or the table or the kitchen. <laughs> the bathroom of my wife. Uh, I'd say apparently um, the new Halloween film, as I said, uh, they've decided to call it Halloween, but at one point it was going to be called Halloween Returns because they obviously couldn't think of anything better. But then right. somebody obviously kind of pointed out um, Halloween Returns every year. Are we having Halloween this year? Straight to November. Forget it. It's cancelling Halloween. It's very confusing to call it Halloween when. The first film was called Halloween. And then the remake was called Halloween as well. Yeah. yeah. So you got three Halloweens. And Halloween, the new film, is a sequel to Halloween. I should have called it Samhain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's that kind of stuff I think you can put down to the internet. If, if this was 20 years ago and, and two movies had the same name, you would have to find a book that told you yeah. which was which and what yeah. years they were. Whereas now, everybody can just do it on the smartphone yeah, and they just expect it. They usually set the year right. Brackets, 2018. Yeah. Brackets, yeah. such and such, yeah. Um, it must be confusing for Jamie Lee Curtis because mm. she, was, wasn't, she, she, was, she was in the sequel, which we're talking about, Halloween 2, yeah. as yeah. the same character. Yeah. And then she was in Halloween H2O, yes. which yeah. was like 20 years later, yes. and then, which is now being completely discounted. Yeah. And she was also in... Was, was it the sequel to that? Yeah, yeah, she was also in the sequel to that. Which, yeah, which so she must be like, I'm not sure who I am anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I'm probably getting chased by, by the show. <laughs> and paid quite a lot. <laughs> well, oh, possibly not, according to her, actually. Um, she, she seems to say she's just doing it for the love these days. Doing it for the love. Interesting. Mm. Uh, yeah. The love of um, serial killer. <laughs> uh, if you check out some of the interviews she's doing to promote the new movie, she's very passionate about the subject matter and about post-traumatic stress right. and things like that. But I, 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 was, I was reading one interview and she was saying that it was a very uh, women, women empowering. She was mm. talking about the Me Too movement right. and things like that. 
um, that it was kind of that's her. She's a, a victim of, of a, a victim of abuse almost, or that that PTSD uh, kind of angle on it. So I, I'm, that, that's why I'm interested to see it. I'm very excited. Yeah, I think there could be something interesting mm-hmm. there if if, it's if the different. all male writers have, yeah. <laughs> have explored. Listen, that we know effect. how women. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the point. It's interesting the difference with the first one, isn't mm. it? Because as I was getting, I was watching it last night with my wife, and she was just going, All this film is about is just a bloke chasing women who have just had sex. That's all that happens in this film. There's no plot. And I was like, Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she's, again, she's looked into it and she was just like, This is part of the, why the majority yeah. of these films are aimed at young teenage mm. guys because mm. they like, there's a thing called the cuddle factor, and it's uh, men feel good watching these films when um, they're watching it with a woman who is scared mm. and they can then comfort that woman mm. and the woman then feels better that they're being comforted and it's it's, yeah. it's psychological and it doesn't you know it's all yeah. very vague and it's not individual yeah. but it's on a general basis um, so yeah that's you've got the adrenaline going yeah it's a really interesting interview with Mustafa Agat the producer um, financier of the Halloween franchise right. you might have seen I think it might have been on the one you watched yes. well, yeah, he said right. his son explained to him the because he didn't know what the appeal yes, was yes. Yeah, 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 and yeah. he said uh, and his son told him it's exactly what he wants to take a girl to the cinema and when she gets scared he puts her arm around her right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the interview he goes he puts her arm around her I like that. <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> That's a scene from a Halloween film. <laughs> there you go. There's your arm around your own shoulder. Look after you. That could be a scene. I'm writing that immediately. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, at the end of the interview, um, Mustafa Gad says his son finally said to him, and the next day I'll go to see the film again with a different girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll have a collection of arms by the <laughs> So the guy thought, not only is this got an appeal, but the same guy will go and see the movie several times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to really work yeah. financially. Yeah, um, that's the money. That's the money side. I think it'd be interesting to explore, just to talk for a minute about that, how we all kind of uh, relate to or have experiences of other slasher franchises, um, like you've been talking about, yeah. Rob, because um, my situation was that I've seen all the Halloweens because I love that Halloween one so much, but mm-hmm. I was never that interested. I mean, even when watching it, I thought, I know that this movie has a load of terrible sequels. Mm-hmm. I won't watch the sequels. I'll just mm-hmm. watch the original classic film. Mm-hmm. But I did watch, I did love it so much and it intrigued me so much that I wanted to see more and I ended up watching all the terrible I sequels. agree with you. You do at some point want to see like what happens next, even though it's you know it's written for, it's done for the money or it's done for a cash. Yeah. You, there's something in you if you're interested. So you just go, I wonder what happens next. I wonder how this person moves on yeah. <laughs> do they then go home um, <laughs> although so I, I did also watch the first Friday the 13th and the first Nightmare on Elm Street and I didn't watch any of the sequels with those in Friday the 13th case because I didn't like the original hmm. uh, and in Nightmare on Elm Street's case I did like it a lot but I just thought it is sufficient mm-hmm. I didn't That's feel enough. like I need to see more of it I feel in a way um, I still kind of want to watch the supposedly good ones, which are people tell me part three and the new nightmare. Part three is good. Yeah, part three is good. In other words, the Dream Warriors. I've got a bit of a soft spot for all of them, to be honest, but I think the reason they tried to, I mean, I think Halloween can be remade several times because the lead character is faceless and and, and is just a big hulking figure and doesn't have 
necessarily a, a, he doesn't speak so he doesn't have that and in Friday the 13th the same you know the killer being Jason with a mask and doesn't have that he's, he's sort of anonymous in that way he's got his own character and he's big and hulking but he's, he's not but when they made Nightmare on Elm Street they wanted it deliberately different they wanted him to have he said he want, Wes, Wes Craven said he wanted him to have a mask but he wanted him to be able to speak through the mask so he's got that sort of horrible burn yeah. but mm-hmm. he also talks and taunts and mm-hmm. ah, yeah. you know he does all these little quips and jokes and things but he's also cruel and likes mm-hmm. to talk they wanted it different and they tried to remake it recently didn't they with uh, they did, uh, Jackie, uh, Jackie O'Leary yeah. and it was I watched it it was actually quite good yeah I but, enjoyed it yeah it was alright wasn't it yeah. but like it just didn't quite take off because people just didn't like that character that without Robert England playing mm-hmm. it they just couldn't quite buy into it. Because they took it a very serious route, didn't they? There was like so. a child, kind of pedophile, pedophile kind they of cha- Yeah, they changed. In the original one, he was meant to be a child molester. He wrote yeah. it in the script, child molester, yeah. that word. Yeah. But then there was a spate of like horrible kidnappings yeah, yeah. in America when yeah, it came yeah, out was. around like, 84, I think. Yeah. So we had Wes Craven changed it to murderer, which yeah. obviously is nicer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another M word. <laughs> um, and that was apparently more palatable to the studio. Yeah. They went, all right, fine child murderer <laughs> what, what I did like about the remake is they kind of I don't know if they do I can't really remember if they do it in the originals or in some of the sequels but when they're kind of they're awake yet dreaming and they kind of you kind of go into that world without knowing it you go yeah. into the dream world without knowing it it was a thing they called micro that's it they brought it into yeah. sort of like this, this thing of um, yeah, you're so exhausted that like when you're falling asleep yeah. at the wheel kind of thing. Exactly. Not that I've ever done that, please. <laughs> but um, yeah, that thing of that when you feel like you're about to mm. nod off, but you're instantly in a dream. Yet. And yeah, yeah, I thought that was good, but, but I, I enjoyed it. I, like it wasn't a perfect film, but yeah, I, thought, I, was, right. I still, I still thought it was pretty good as remakes go. Still horror bought, remakes go. Yeah, still bought it on Blu-ray. Fifty yeah. <laughs> <laughs> p from my local library. They <laughs> 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 were having a yeah. sale. Uh, Howard, you've been a little bit quiet. Yeah. Are you interested in any of these other slasher films? Well, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the slasher genre. I suppose it's because I grew up watching Hammer films, and that to me, mm-hmm. an yeah. film, that's my thing. Mm-hmm. I was watching these things in the 80s when I was... I have a feeling that the, the first slasher film I actually saw was a film called The Burning. Oh, yes. which was produced by Harvey Weinstein yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. uh, and it was sort of around about the time speaking of child <laughs> yes <laughs> weirdly I saw that recently like, and I realised I was like oh god it's, he's produced it oh it's like in one of his first films mm-hmm. in big success it's like oh god you can't there's, even, there's even a, a scene in it where this guy's watching women shower or, or something and they're, like, they're talking about sexual assault and I'm like what? how is he <laughs> how is he kind of condemning to well, yeah, well, that's because that's what yeah. they did. But it's yeah. because I kind of lived through, I was quite young, but I sort of lived through the whole um, video nasty. Thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, when these, all these horror films are banned or whatever, mm-hmm. really controversial. And of course, when a film's banned, you really want to see it. So especially when you're about 13, 14 years old. Yeah, it has the opposite. Yeah, it has the opposite. So we try and get these. I think The Burning was banned or something. Yeah, but so somehow I managed to get a cut. So we all went, went around to a friend's house and watched this film. Uh, and it's quite gruesome and somebody gets their fingers chopped off by yeah. a pair of shears and all this one. Oh, but it's very much, it is a complete rip off of Friday the 13th. They go to a summer yeah. camp and they get yeah. killed. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, yeah, it's okay, but it's not, perhaps it's not really my thing. There's not much of a story there. I don't, the characters aren't very engaging, that sort of thing. Actually, I don't know when I watched Halloween, because Halloween was the film that made me realise that a slasher film could be a great film. Uh, it wasn't, I don't know. I remember there was a film called House on Sorority Row. Which was the first slasher oh, film yeah. on telly. Yeah. And I, at the time, I was amazed. My God, they're showing a slasher. Because slasher films at the time were like they were taboo. They yeah. were not sure. 
And this was a film, it's, as a slasher film, it's fairly mild, it's not that gruesome, or if they cut it out, perhaps, I don't know. But I watched it and thought, well, that's acting, that's better, that's, that, that, that was all right, you know. That was, so I think it just depends on the actual film itself, whether some slasher films are better made oh, than others. Yeah. And uh, yeah. some are, there's a film called, uh, the original version of My Bloody Valentine, which mm-hmm. I've mentioned before, has been shown on uh, the Horror Channel. And that is uh, very, very gruesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, as some guy gets a pickaxe in his face, he goes up his neck and comes out of his eye, kind of thing. And I thought, well, that's you know, that's pretty <laughs> strong that's stuff. I'm a big fan of like practical effects, like yeah. that. I like to see those. Yeah, things, well, it was. Yeah. It wasn't it was very very in those days, and sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing that. See, you were saying about being a parent might change your perception. Yeah. I think as you get older, you do change your opinion about horror films. You 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 do become more averse to gore and and. There's, a, there's a, one of my favorite films called Theatre of Blood. Which is uh, which is a from 1973. It's not a slasher film. Vincent Price kills all the critics, giving bad reviews. What kind of is slasher film? Why? In real life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, it is quite gruesome. Mm. And when I was 14, 15 years old, years old watching that, it was the gore, it was the bloody murders I liked. Yeah. Now when I watch it, it's the performances, it's the wit, it's the script, it's the yeah. it changed, and the gore is oh yeah. I don't mind it. I don't mind gore. I don't mind you know. Yeah. But. You, your tolerance of it, I think, changes as you get older. You become more aware of your mortality. Yes, and other people's mortality. Death isn't quite something you can be quite so. My father-in-law. My father-in-law is terrified of Halloween. Well, not terrified of Halloween, but again, my wife was telling me this. But he doesn't. He doesn't like celebrating Halloween necessarily because um, I married into a family of doctors, and he's a he's a you know he was he's a retired consultant, and he's just, you know he's used to seeing death, as you say, in real life. So. Uh, they always used to have Halloween parties every single year where, like, you know, they'd hang up a skeleton and they'd have a little, ooh, and blood, let's make some blood jelly and all that sort of stuff. And he never liked it. He was always, like, uncomfortable around it for that reason. He was yeah, just like, yeah. look, I see enough of this shit. Yeah. So don't take the piss out of death. It's not... Yeah. As you get older, more people you know die. People, yeah. Five people I was at school with have died. Yeah. You know, yeah. which is just... And it just makes things... That was a lot of school trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fine. Sorry. <laughs> But yeah, maybe I think I, I think killed them. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me a bad review. <laughs> I, feel like, I think I think maybe maybe you are right because I mean, as a youngster, as a teenager, you you think you're invincible. You yeah, think you're, yeah. You're like, oh, but you have a, a different attitude. Yeah. And Halloween. The reason I love Halloween is because it, because it's not gruesome and gory. There's so many other things about it which you can like. You can admire the cinematography, the music, and, and everything, and just the way it's put together. That film can maybe when you're 15, you like it because it's a horror film and people mm. get killed. Mm. But as you get older, you can appreciate other things about it. Whereas a lot of other slasher films don't have anything else other than the violence. So mm. once you've seen that and you're not interested, there's nothing else for you to sort of. Weirdly, I kind of I got kind of back into slasher movies. It was like a genre I'd never really considered, but I'd, I had watched them, but I hadn't really like gone in depth and kind of researched and where are the best ones. So I kind of, I, I, I played a video game called Until Dawn and it's kind of like this choice based video game. It starts off as a slasher and becomes kind of more of a monster thing. But it's, you know, it's proper actors and everything. The guy playing um, Freddie Mercury and Bohemian Rhapsody, he's in it and various other people. But it's, it's very well done. But it kind of, it, it, you know, it kind of excited me about the kind of slasher genre more. Again, I'd go out, I watched uh, The Burning, watched The Burning, watched The Prowler. I watched. Oh yeah. I watched uh, Sleepaway Camp. 
which is unique there's a lot of them yeah there's, there's, uh, there's so many I'll be honest Friday the 13th is the one I've probably seen the least of yeah. um, in, in regards to that but again it's popping its own right yeah. but yeah I kind of got back into it and again some of them are better some of them have better stories and there are you know some of them are extremely violent and but I think I think it's the approach and the direction mm. and the actors. I think this is mm. like like Halloween, kind of the magic comes together. And again, some of them are better than others, but it's it's I think it's still a viable genre. It's oh, still, yeah, no, yeah. still a popular genre, even till this day. I wanna just have a quick discussion around the slasher genre because I think it's relevant to Halloween two. Because between Halloween being made and Halloween two being made, the slasher genre boom occurred. The genre kind of solidified. And I, uh, and I think it's pretty undeniable that that affected the kind of movie that Halloween 2 is. Dan, I think, uh, am I right in thinking that you haven't seen Halloween 2 for some time? Not, not for a while. I'd probably say about maybe 15 years, I think. I do remember parts of it, um, but it's a, bit, it's a bit rough. So what we'll do is... Well, hopefully, um, Sparks. Yes, please, please do. <laughs> we didn't deliberately invite Dan on and tell him not to watch the movie. Don't, don't watch we, those movies. We, we are just blessed by his unexpected yes. company. <laughs> he, just, um, he just turned up. I'm just, I'm just here, and I'm, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> but we did invite Rob on, uh, specifically uh, asking him to talk about Halloween 2. So, Rob, you have seen Halloween, Halloween 2 recently, yeah. as you said. I watched it last night, and um, I watched it immediately after Halloween 1. I thought I watched one, one straight after the other. And it's I, I, I like the idea that it's it's a sequel that comes like immediately after the first one, doesn't it? It's literally set in the closing moments of Halloween well, one. That starts straight my, away. My first first interesting <coughs> point I think about it. I mean, can we even think of another sequel which does that ever? I don't know. Oh, I'm not, not off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, Mutiny no. on the buses? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now was that was that the sequel or was that the third one? Yes. To be honest, I really don't care. <laughs> before we go, before we go in depth about Halloween <laughs> two specifically, because um, obviously uh, in the previous episode, myself and Howard and Dan all talked about Halloween. I did Rob, see that. You did see that. One. You were able to comment in detail on that one. Thank well you done for, for reminding me. So I, I think I should just kind of um, say first, what did you think of Halloween? I'm rewatching it, or what do you remember feeling about it when younger? Or you know, what's your connection? With one or two. One. One. Um, as I say, I remember enjoying it, but I remember, I don't know why. I remember thinking of it, watching it last night, and I remember thinking the same thing as I thought of it the first time, which is this might not be a very popular view, but the the cracks really show for me. There's there's some scenes in it which are cracking and really really good and. Um, I really love that bit where is it, is it Tommy the little boy looks out of the window and he just sees the silhouette of mm. Michael Myers in the house across the road and he just sees the little stick figure of Michael Myers standing there and posing and he turns away and looks again and he's gone yeah. I, I love all, all those shots and the one where um, Laurie's walking down the street and you just see him pop up from behind the uh, the, 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 head, the bush the head that's right yeah and then he ducks behind and her mate's going like hey he's here and he wants to ask you to the dance and stuff um, <laughs> But I like I like all of it, but I just it, it seemed the sort of build up to it and the setup to it it seemed very stilted in some of the dialogue and I remember I don't know I'm going to be critical I'm going to get crucified no, for this we're, but we're I don't know opinions, yeah I don't know it just didn't quite hit the same notes for me and that's maybe because I've seen it after all these other films I think that's probably why if I'd have seen it first maybe my opinion would be different. But yeah, it just didn't seem to be quite as on it. It seemed like there was loads and loads of build-up, which wasn't particularly... Once he got going, it was great for me. I thought it was really nice, but I just thought there was so much... 
build to it. I kind of wanted to know a little bit more about why Michael Myers was the way he was, because Donald Pleasance's character in that is a little bit, um, uh, and this is something that my wife said to me last night as well, and I was thinking about it today on the way here, and I was like, I kind of agree. I kind of wanted to know a bit about why he is the way he is, mm. and that's not really explored, because Donald Pleasance's character in, that, in, in these films is great, but he's a bit sort of abstract and weird. He's a bit like, he's pure evil. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh, that's your professional medical opinion. <laughs> I've been speaking to him for 30, 15 years and he's evil and just got black eyes. And you're like, right, you should be struck off. <laughs> but yeah, obviously that's just from the, because John Carpenter did everything. He scripted it and directed it and wrote it and, you know, did everything and produced it and stuff. So, um, but and it's, still, it's still really good. I just thought, I don't know, for me, it just didn't quite hold up as much maybe as some of those other films. I think that's really interesting because we were talking about this in the uh, previous episode um, and, you know, there are two angles from which you can come to really criticise the, the first film. <laughs> One of them is from a medical <coughs> opinion. If, if, well, if, you're, if yeah. you're interested in the psychology of it, then yeah. you're not going to be impressed. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not really. For us, we kind of discussed the way that what's interesting about Michael to us is that we don't know as much about him and that he yeah. seems in a very undefined way, kind of supernatural and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Because, yeah, you're right, because of the bit where he disappears at the end, which is a great little twist. And yeah. it's just like, well, you know, he's obviously not just an insane serial killer. There's obviously something else going on there. So, yeah, yeah but that's nice. Um, and, and the other point of view is, if you're more used to kind of the later slasher genre and the mm. kind of more kind of linear plot, which is about the killer and he's going to kill mm. for whatever... And, and, and sometimes they have like a very defined kind of incident in the past like yeah. in prom night he was humiliated on prom night and now yeah, it's yeah. prom night again yeah, and he's yeah, yeah. It, you know um, uh, what so film's that? <laughs> Terror Train <Yeah. laughs> indeed so you know um, so again Halloween comes across as kind of um, uh, anorexic in, the, in its lack of detail Right. It's, uh, yeah. If you look at it from that point of view, or whereas I, I think its kind of strength is in the minimalism of it, but at the same time, I watched Halloween first and then decided I didn't really like the later kind of films. So. Yeah. You're right. With the with the other films they do with Halloween, they then try and demystify him a little bit and add more to it, don't they? Mm. Like in the second one, they sort of mention the. Uh, uh, is that when they mention the druids, or am I imagining is that later on? They, no, they do mention the druids. Yeah, yeah. they talk about Samhain. Samhain, which, that's right. Which, yeah, um, yeah. Does he write? Mispronounces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Sam. I yeah. Um, <laughs> He's just written the word sod. On <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's what's that word up there, Doctor? Yeah. Sausage. <laughs> that means Halloween. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, because also there's another. There are occasionally you get people who think Halloween too is uh, better than Halloween, quite rarely. Mm. But I think it, it tends to be people who can see the cracks in Halloween. Because undoubtedly, Halloween 2 is a better made film. You know? I, yeah, and I'm, I'm a big fan of a low budget film, as I said. And mm. as I said, with Nightmare on Elm Street, you can the effects look weird and you can tell that you know, there's a bit where he falls through the stairs and you can see the mattress that the actor lands on and stuff like that. But I, the I, one at the end is like a proper dummy that gets Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a blow up doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of all of that stuff. Mm. I don't mind if you, if you can see through the cracks of the special effects. It was more about the... I think maybe the performances in it or something. Maybe I'm just looking at it from an actor's point of view. There's a bit specifically where... 
I'm having to go at child actors now. God, I'm having to go at everyone today. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> the, the bit where to- Tommy's got the, the pumpkin mm. and he's running and all the kids are chasing after him going, he's going to get you, he's going to get you. And then they sort of, they all say, it's going to get you. And then they all stop for a bit and go quiet. Yeah. And then one of them says his first line and they do this little bit of conversation and then they start doing it again. And then he trips over. It, it all just seems a bit... I don't know, just... No, I agree with me. Yeah, it just doesn't seem to flow very well. It all just seems a bit... I, 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 yeah, I think there are kind of moments like that. There are the mm. little moments which you would have done a retake of, but yeah. they probably but didn't they have more time. Yeah. time. Yeah, Holding sure. 2, I think they probably did have more time and they did have more money. And mm. um, I said in the previous podcast, that I think, you know, the, the bits for me, which are the weak points in Halloween, the tiny little bits, because I think it's a great movie, mm. in my opinion... Um, yeah. but it's um, like the um, the little bit class actors who are probably dubbed right. and kind of give these weird I'm not really there performances yeah. like the guy playing Jamie Lee Curtis's father at the start of the movie yes, yeah. you never see again yeah. whereas yeah. in Halloween 2 even the tiny character actors characters are really well acted Mm. Because and I think that's just time. I think that's yeah. just they had the you know. It's a, I mean, it's a brilliant for a very low budget thing. It's a brilliant achievement to do that. Mm. And the, the, you know how good it is for our little money they had and, and how much they stretched on it. It's, it's great. Yeah, um, I think we're on agreement on that. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Um, So let's get to the topic of the the main topic of the episode, which is obviously Halloween Two itself. I shot him six times. I shot him in the heart. He's not human. Universal Pictures presents Halloween 2. More of the night he came home. Who is it? There was nothing within him, neither conscience nor reason that wasn't even remotely human. <laughs> Some kind of a joke? I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. There is no place to hide. He will always find you. What's this? It's a Celtic word. It means the Lord of the Dead. Obviously, uh, Halloween was a huge success. Uh, made 47 million dollars in the US alone on, the, on a budget of 300,000. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so they're like, we're definitely doing a sequel. John Carpenter tells the story that um, basically Erwin Yablans and Mustafa Hattagat, who financed the first film, said to him, we're doing a sequel, we're definitely doing a sequel. You have to tell us that we can do it. If you don't, we'll sue you. <laughs> and, um, and, and in between this movie, The Fog had been made, which was originally going to be... Uh, Carpenter had mentioned it to Yablans and they were going to make it. Uh, together, but weirdly, then Carpenter took it to another producer, and the fog is therefore made by everybody who, in, who did Halloween except Erwin Yablans and mm-hmm. his money. Right. And when he found out that Carpenter had done that, he sued him. Hmm. So, um, when it came to the Halloween 2, Carpenter was probably kind of aware that right, he definitely will sue me if we don't, do <laughs> so let's do it. Um, right. and and apparently, um John Carpenter and Deborah Hill kind of said, okay, we'll, we'll write it, but John doesn't want to direct it, we've got to find someone else. And the first person they asked was Tommy Lee Wallace, who had direct, uh, edited and art-directed Halloween. But he wasn't interested, because basically Carpenter said to him, look, they want a sequel to Halloween, which appeals to the same audience as Halloween, and basically does the same things, will make the same money. Right. 
and you, that's what you have to do. And Tommy Lewis was like, I'm, I'm not very interested in that. It doesn't sound very creative. Yeah. So he didn't he didn't do it. And they found Rick Rosenthal. Um, I think they saw some short films he made at film school, and they just thought hey, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> so so they got him in to do it. Um, but Carpenter and Hill wrote the script. Carpenter didn't like write a new score, but he basically brought his usual musical collaborator Alan Howarth into the movie and said, "Look, basically you can use all the music, all the tunes I created for Halloween. Just do your own version of them." So that's why the the, the melodies are all the same. They, the, the orchestration is different, and the crew, um, like Dean Cundey, the director of photography, came back. Most of the cast came back. Even the victims from the original Halloween came back to play their own corpses. Nancy Loomis <laughs> and PJ Souls are in the movie. Um, and at the same time as making Halloween 2, they were selling Halloween 1 to television and realised that Halloween 1 was not long enough because you have to have a certain amount of advert space Brilliant. for American television. So they need to add 11 minutes. So they had all the cast and crew there. So they shot extra scenes for Halloween 1 as well, wow. which are on some of, certain of the DVD releases. You can actually watch the whole film with the additional bit. Right. And I have done recently, uh, and it's pointless. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I've been saying about the, the, quality, the, the production quality of Halloween 2, you can tell that the extra scenes have more budget. Mm. Like they're in, they're in bigger settings, and, but they're pointless. Mm. Um, and they, 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 they slow the pace down they don't add anything to the film but, it is, but if you haven't seen it it's nice to be able to watch it because there's a, a new scene with Jamie Lee Curtis and the other two girls you get to see a bit more Donald Pleasance mm. and there is a scene which is, doesn't help Halloween as a film at all but it helps Halloween 2 because it sets up the, the thing that's revealed in Halloween 2 that Laurie is Michael's sister yeah. because he scraps the word sister on his cell wall in the asylum before he escaped um, things like that. So it's quite interesting to see. <laughs> so why would he do that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. Did, he, did he scratch the word plot on the <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but well, so the way I've um, kind of rationalised it in my mind, it's helped me to rationalise the fact that there are now like several different continuities within the Halloween franchise because you've got this yeah. new film which ignores Halloween 2. Mm. But to me, Halloween 2 is not a sequel to Halloween, it's a sequel to the TV version of Halloween. It's like a separate, yeah. whole separate thing, and actually... And they do work quite well together as a two-part film, I think. Um, I, th- I think they do. It's, it's almost like, you know, we were saying that they wanted to do, like, Halloween as an anthology series, so it'd be a different story. Yeah. It's almost like Halloween is the two-part pilot, mm-hmm. and then every film, and then Halloween 3 is... The yeah. next film, the next film. Yeah. And it kind of works as a sort of like a two-part story yeah. kind of thing. And I, I think that's why I liked it, because it, it, it segues so well into the first, you know... There's a more film. of a definite ending to this one, isn't there, yeah. to the second one? Whereas yeah. the first one, you've got that sort of cliffhanger of you've run off and we don't... Well, that's it. At the, at the end of this one, for all intents and purposes, Michael Myers dies and Donald Pleasance dies. And yeah. that's the end of that, that story. Off, and yeah. then we go to the next story, which is about Matt Toyman yeah. and whatever. Mm. Uh, so it's going to be like, that's the end of it. And, and, and then, of course... But it's kind of like a really good ending. If that was the ending to it, if it hadn't been any more Michael Myers stories, mm. that was a really good ending to that story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree on that level. Howard, uh, yes. what do you remember about how you first saw this film? Uh, I don't know, I don't know. Okay, I don't remember when I said anything. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't see it that long ago. I saw Halloween 2 a long time after seeing Halloween and Halloween 3, and probably even Halloween 4, I don't know. I think I saw it about 10, 12 years ago the first time on video. Um, 
Uh, and I really liked it. I really did. It's a sequel to a slasher film. So it's not going to be that, you know, the standards are not high, you know, it's a sequel to a slasher, you know, so the expectations are not that. But as a sequel to a slasher film, it's really, really good. And it's really well made. And every time I watch it, I kind of like it more. Okay. I kind of see how, no, that's really clever, that was really clever, yeah, sort of. And although it's supposed to be a lot more gruesome and gory than Halloween is, I don't think it is. It's again that thing, it's, it's what you've seen, sort of, compared to, perhaps in 1981 when it came out, people thought, oh yeah, this is quite gruesome, and this is quite violent. Yeah. yeah. When you've seen some of this stuff like Hostel and Final Death, or Rock Turn, all these kind of things, Saw and all that sort of thing, yeah. it seems very mild indeed, you know. Um, and the killings aren't that, you know, one girl gets a syringe in a temple. In a temple. Yeah. I think the um, most explicit one that I remember from last night was the girl getting drowned in the scalding yeah, water. Yeah, yeah. Ah, and yeah. you see her face all blistered and that's quite well, annoying. Uh, uh, but policeman gets his throat cut. <coughs> yeah. Kind of thing. But it's not, like that's, you see that at really midsummer murders these days. I mean, the things have moved on about what is, what is permissible and what, yeah. what people expect. Yeah. And sort of. Um, so yeah, I thought as as a sequel, it's really really good, and it's really I think it's really well done. The only kind of thing I'd say is that Jamie Lee Curtis, who we've already said is a great actress, mm. um, doesn't have an awful lot to do in it, and most of the time she's just dragging herself along a hospital floor. Correct. Yeah. She's got almost nothing. To yeah. Do. <laughs> but uh, she does it wonderfully. Um, but yeah, kind of. It's way too like Donald. Marry her. Donald Pleasant gets top billing in Halloween. It doesn't have an awful lot to do, and it's Jamie Lee's film. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis gets top billing in Halloween too, and yet Donald Pleasant seems to do more in that film. It's more, more yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like she'd become a bigger star or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and they admitted afterwards that that's just a scripting problem. That mm-hmm. they, they 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 just kind of thought realistically, this woman's been traumatized. She'd be taken to the hospital, mm-hmm. and she'd probably be out of action for some yeah. time. Yeah. And then, like very late into the production, they went. Wait a minute, that means the lead character has nothing to do with the entire movie. And Jamie Lee she Curtis, lies there and soliloquises in a bed, you know. Yeah. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis was apparently kind of totally aware of that, and she, but she was very politely going along with him, you yeah. know, she, because the producers were her friends, and she yeah. didn't want to go, guys, right. you haven't written me anything to do, she didn't want yeah. to be a prima donna. I think that's my interpretation of it anyway. Okay. But she doesn't well. The only thing you can say is, why is this hospital so underpopulated? Oh, Why is there one doctor, one matron, four <laughs> nurses, two ambulance riders, yeah. and a security guard? This is Halloween night when all sorts of things could happen. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's kids yeah. going with razor blades up yeah, yeah. they're gone. Well, the weird thing, I mean, that's a distressing scene. The, yeah. the weird thing is, you feel like they could have done loads of stuff like that. Mm. And then yeah. they didn't, they like came with one thing and then went, yeah, we'll leave it. It would have been nice to have like a really heavily populated hospital well, yeah. with people running all over and sort of seeing Michael Myers sneaking through them with the mask on in, a, yeah. in an anonymous kind of hiding in plain sight kind of way. That would be nice. It is, it is, it is again something that you notice. Yeah, yeah, and he's right. just there. You, you can understand why, because he'd probably have to kill everybody in the hospital, just walking down the corridor, just stabbing people. But at the same time, if, if the, it's Halloween night and the... the the hospital is full of people celebrating Halloween night. People would have masks on and yeah. stuff. Probably. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He, he, you know, that would have been really interesting and would have made the movie different from the previous film because the previous film is quite sparsely populated yeah. and it would have changed the atmosphere. Um, but I was going to just say, I really do agree with you. I think it's really clever that it starts exactly where the yeah. uh, first film ends. I think that's really good to continue the yeah, story. I like that. That. This is an actual sequel in that it goes directly from 
what has it, just happened. It's as, as we talked before. It's nice to find out what happens to the character because if you've enjoyed the first one and you want to know where Michael Myers has gone because he's run off and you're like, oh my god, he's disappeared. So it's nice to find that out. Yeah, so yeah. many films you watch that yeah. and you're left hanging and you go, oh, I wonder what happened. And you've got to rely on crap fan fiction. <laughs> <to it>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah, it's nice. Oh dear, um, Dan, I yes. know you haven't seen this movie for some time. For some, some time. What do you remember about Halloween Two? I, re- I remember it. I, weirdly enough, I remember seeing like a VHS synopsis on the back of a, a box. I just remember like reading it and they were talking about the it was like Michael Myers' back, and it made I just remember it made him seem like the hero of the 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 piece. Right. I don't know why the way just the way it was written. It was like no, he, he has he, he doesn't have much of a chance, but he has a switch. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I just remember like this is a horror against all odds. Yeah, he was kind of like that. And I was like I think. I remember that. Like he's Rocky Balboa. It was like, yeah, it was like, it was like this, this underdog against the whole hospital. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I think I remember that exact release. Because yeah. the, the, it kind of, basically the back of a blurb tells you how many people he kills yeah. and what he does. And like the last sentence is something like several nurses, a patient, and even a luckless security guard <laughs> fall victim to Michael in pursuit of his relentlessly violent quest. Yeah, and you're like, it's, it's, just, it's like supporting his violent quest for, for murdering, you know, women. So, what, so well done, Mike. Keep going. Keep going. We're, all, we're all behind we're you. We're all behind you, yeah. You'll do it this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I just remember that, and it's always stuck with me. I don't know why, but, you know, it's one of those weird things. Yeah, can't remember the, you know, pin to my credit cards, but I can remember, <laughs> I can remember the back of the VHS from 15 years ago. <laughs> Alright, I've got a credit card. <laughs> but, uh, you know, okay, it's, it, and um, I remember, I, I remembered enjoying it, I remember thinking, you know, it's, it's pretty good, and, and again, I like the, like, literally continuous, I think that's very clever, and it was, I, I know, obviously, there's, there's a bit, people have aged, and Right. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, so. that is slightly odd, isn't it? So yeah. It's like, this has happened 10 seconds later, <laughs> and everyone's just like, how, how many years is it in oh, between? Three. Three, three years. years. Oh, right. yeah, so it's not that much, but there is a visible difference. Yeah, I do remember that as well, but um, I'll be honest, the, the, yeah, I remember enjoying it, I remember thinking, yeah, it's pretty good, and uh, you can tell that the quality's gone up, you can tell the budget's gone mm. up. Yeah, well, um, a car exploded. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, the, exactly. that's the point for me when you think, yeah. this is a different. Yeah. <laughs> when, when the guy gets the you know the seventeen year old fellow, I forget his name, yeah. he gets run over by and, and it, but it's not Ben Tramer. Yeah, Ben Tramer, that's the one. Yeah. yeah, he gets hit by a car and then blown up into a side of a van, doesn't he? Oh, and yeah. it just explodes and there's flames and burning flames. You know, oh, Christ, the bullet is in the first one. That's the whole yeah. budget blown on that one effect. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. The only scene I remember being an adolescent young boy uh, is the is, uh, I think it's a jacuzzi or a bathtub, yeah. a hot tub, and the in, in a hospital. Yeah, in a hospital, <laughs> uh, and the nurse disrobes, yeah. and she has a very good body. And yeah. I just remember that, uh, that's the what I remember of yeah. mostly the film. And like you say, she gets I think she gets boiled or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the wonderfully named Pamela Susan Shoop. Oh, yes. That's right, because I saw her name on the credits and I thought it was two people. <laughs> I thought it was like a rapper in the film, you know, like, you know, like, when, was it, what's the name of the guy that was in Halloween Resurrection? It was, um, uh, the, there was a rapper Buster in that. Rimes. Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes, that's right. Rimes. Yes. And you know, I thought it was like, what, what was her name? Halloween pa- Susan. Pamela Susan. Pamela Susan. 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 Pamela Susan. And Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> no, because. Who's Shoot? Yeah, because. 
Because yeah. her name is so long, it has to be on two lines. That's what, yeah, that's yeah. what I remember thinking. Right. Oh, is it? Ah, I see. Is it, oh, is it Pamela's name? Uh, yeah. And she. But yeah, that's, that's, unfortunately, that's mostly what I remember. Well, there's that bit in that with Chesty the, the little lines in that is where they're, they're doing the like, creepy ambulance guys in the, in the, in the yeah, hot tub so, with her. Yeah. And uh, he just, she says, get out and turn the temperature down yeah. or something. And he goes, but it's cold out there. And she's like, it's about to get cold in here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is horribly yeah, yeah, dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> And it's cheesy. The ironic thing is that it really was absolutely freezing in that hot tub really? because they, yeah. they, they couldn't connect it. Could they not? And, 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 um, <laughs> so someone just said, too blowing. Although I've said the movie had more budget and more time, they didn't have enough time to wait to get the water heated up. The director yeah. just said, look, just do it. Yeah, All right. yeah, yeah. And they just had to both pretend to be warm. Oh, it's boiling. <laughs> I'm so hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, my encounter with it was like it was back in the mid '90s on VHS. I just watched Halloween. I didn't want to watch the sequels, but I was intrigued enough to, especially when I heard that Halloween Two had all the same cast, it had all the same crew. It was set on the same night, which was intriguing, mm-hmm. you know. And it was just like, what happens next? And it just looked so promising. And I did eventually track a copy of it down and, and watched it. Um, I, I had a double bill, I think. Uh, well, there was a double bill VHS with both of the first two films on. Right. And the first one was, because it was like, obviously the older film and it had been transferred to video quite primitively. Mm-hmm. And it was a widescreen film, but they'd squashed it to fit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't pan and scan, it was just squashed. So everybody looked like pinheads, you know. Oh, God. Um, like cone heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but the sequel didn't have that, so it looked a bit better. My first impression of it was... Ooh, the music's bad. He wrote the second film, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the music, I I didn't really like what they'd done with the music. And then the credits, um, because the credits to Halloween and Halloween 2 are basically the same concept. But the first one's really effective because it's so short. It's like just a spooky image of this pumpkin and then you're into the movie. The sequel, 
it goes on for ages. And the reason it goes on for ages is because the cast is so huge. Yeah. And I just remember seeing all these names up and thinking, they're all going to die, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single one of them is going to die. Actually, even no. even Sheep. Yeah. <laughs> Hunter von Lear makes it to the end of the book. Oh, no, yeah. that's true. Yeah, Hunter yeah. von Lear. No, no, that's true. Um, my favourite little fact that I found out about it, which I didn't know, was that... Uh, the guy who played the other ambulance driver, and I forgot his name, just gone out of my head now. Lance Guest. Lance Guest, that's yeah. right. I was thinking I've seen that name somewhere before, and it's from Jaws the Revenge. Yes. Which, <laughs> which is my second favourite Jaws film. Yeah. Um, and mine. Yeah, I really like Jaws the Revenge. And it's not mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> again, from nostalgia. And again, <laughs> I haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> but he plays like Michael Brody in that, and I've seen yeah. I've never seen his face somewhere, and he's got this weird acting tick. I'm sure he's a nice fan, but he's got this weird acting tick of like, like acting with his mouth open. Yeah. Have you seen the scene when he's like, there's a scene where he's looking around like, Jamie Nicotti's room and he's got his mouth wide open. He's sort of glaring around like a goldfish, just looking around. And he's, he does it in, he does it in Jaws the Revenge. Yeah. I think he's a likable presence. And yeah. he's, he's also the star of The Last Starfighter. If you okay. Okay. Oh, oh yes. right. Now I remember him. Yeah. Um, right. Um, yeah, I, I wish he'd done it. Could have done more. But it's no, interesting I, about Lance Guest because you kind of think at the, at the beginning that he's going to be the hero. Yeah, he's, going to he's set the up for it. Isn't he, he looks like the, the he's quite shy and quite nice. Yeah. The other guy, the other ambulance driver, is just a he's be, he's fodder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's a nice guy, so he's gonna he's gonna work things out. He's gonna be the hero. And then he ends up sticking a load of blood knock in his head and just, that's it. He's, that's he's hilarious, that scene. Yeah. He goes in and he sees the nurse that's been bled out on the shoulder and he's like, oh no, there's a blood. And you think, you're right, and you think he's going to be the hero of the thing. And then he sees him just like, oh, I better run off. And he slips on the blood <laughs> knocks himself unconscious. <laughs> and he's just like, uh, mouth, yeah. mouth open. And he's just, that's it. And then he, does he come back to the car? He comes out, he goes in the car and then just falls forward and it's the doctor. That's right, because he's all concussed. Yeah. But I think that's it. I think you're supposed to think he's the hero and then he yeah. turns out he isn't. And I think that's a nice bit of misdirection. Like yeah. A nice bit of sort of like, kind of, and Jamie Lee's on her own, she's got to sort it out herself. I almost agree, I think, because the middle of the film is a bit weird in terms of the way it moves from all the new characters who've kind of occupied the first half of the film and it's been about them. But then they kind of realise for the ending you really want to see the characters from the first film, so it's all Donald Pleasant and Jamie Lee Curtis, mm-hmm. and he has to kind of transition from uh, the hospital characters to, to just those two again, mm-hmm. essentially, and it's kind of quite weirdly done. There's like ten minutes in the middle of the month where he's going like, something's weird in the hospital, everybody's gone, I don't know what's going on, yeah. we should call the police. Mm-hmm. It's like, they're all, it, it's very strange, diffuse tension, because everybody's sort of aware that something's wrong, but they don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the audience does. Mm. So, uh, and yeah. But it, so I, I found, when I rewatched it again recently, that was the only bit, I found it an enjoyable film, but that was the only bit, the kind of 10, 15 minutes in the middle, where they're wandering around, and like Laurie's in bed. For but, a long time. <laughs> but, well, yeah, but then she gets this impulse to get out of bed as if she's going to go hiding. But where else is she going to go that's better? And she goes and crouches by a door. That's right. It's like, what does she think she's hiding from? And it's like the setup that is seen in a minute where Michael Myers comes in her room and stabs the bed, thinks yes. she's in the bed. But it's like, how did she know he was coming? It's just yeah. like the whole thing is kind of too vaguely done. Yeah. It seemed like to me that there was a bit cut out because I agree with you that it seems peculiar that she gets out of bed for no reason. And I thought that maybe there was a scene cut out where she hears it on the radio that Michael Myers' body hasn't been found or you know or she sees it on the TV that you know we thought we'd found him or we thought we'd killed him with a van but sorry we messed up signed Haddonfield Police um, <laughs> and then she hears that and then that thing, oh he must be coming here so then she panics but I don't know if there was or not I've never heard any hint that, uh, that there was actually so that's a strange one but uh, yeah it does feel like there should be and uh, yeah it, it just 
Maybe she'll look and see if there's anybody else in this hospital. Yeah, yeah. You know, any other patients or where's, anybody. Where's everybody? Somebody to talk to. Yeah. Just because yeah. she's not around. It's like, take her to Haddonfield. There's seven people in this massive hospital. Take her to Haddonfield Falls <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do, I do enjoy the film. I think what it does is it narrows the focus of the first film because so much of what appealed to us about the first film was the things you don't know. You don't yeah. really know what it's about. You don't know uh, what, why he's even following them, what he's going to do. Even when he does start to kill them, there's a question of what is his end goal with this? Because he's... I mean, I think the nearest thing you, you get is the idea that maybe in some way he's trying to recreate the killing of his sister and he stages her grave on the bed with Nancy Lewis's cop. But at the same time, why is he doing that? Uh, and then when Jamie Lee Curtis finds it, she like, uh, he's like set up booby traps with all the corpses to scare her. Mm. So did he know that she was going to find it? Obviously he did, or he intended someone to find it. You, you never quite get it. No, I think that's one of my issues with it as well, because it's sort of like, it's, that, those bits seem purely for the cinema of it as opposed mm. to the plot of it, you know, because they, they look great, you know, that shot of them coming in and seeing her lying on the bed mm. and with the grave and then with the guy flaps back and forth mm. in the doorway. It looks great, but you're like, why and wow. When's he had time? We kind of, when we were talking about Halloween, you were saying, and other people have said, that Michael Myers is actually playing tricks on these people. Mm. It's, it's, it's Halloween night and he's playing his rather bizarre twisted yeah. version of Halloween games with these people so yeah. that's why he does it that's why he stands there with a sheet over his head and the glasses when he's oh yeah kill. Yeah. Yeah. he doesn't just run in and kill her he stands yeah. there as if he's playing some kind of mm. joke with her yeah. and that's what he's doing and in a way yes the one thing I kind of uh, object to or don't like in Halloween 2 is the fact that they make they give him a definite purpose mm. he's trying to kill his sister you know Laurie is his sister he's trying to get her and I just think it's would be better if it just there was no reason really why it's just that he, he failed to kill her before so he's going to kill her yeah. now just because yeah. you know yeah. he's, he's a bit upset that he didn't do it yeah. and, and that's why he's followed into the, the whole thing about making her his sister gives him a definite human kind of emotional reason to do something where he's sort of with that in mind I think it would have been nice if that is definitely the reason why I think it would have been nice for some of that to have come through in Donald Pleasance's or Dr. Loomis's analysis of that. Because mm -hmm. I think in 15 years of analysing this guy, something of that must have come across. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. I think it might have been nice for that to have, you know, like uh, he's, he's, something in his analysis of him would have been. Well, in the first Because he's very. Because he says he doesn't say anything, he's cold, he always yeah. stares at the wall, yeah. and it's like, is, is all that time? Is he just thinking about how well, in, the, in, the first film, in the first film, Laurie is not his sister. No. That's something that was added for the. Yeah, yeah. So, just added, it, yeah. If it had been an it's idea from the start, then they would have been able to feed it in. Yeah. Whereas because they'd only come up with it as the sequel. Dr. Loomis doesn't even know that, that he's got a sister. No, That's sorry, sorry, I'm confused. I didn't mean the sister thing. Sorry, I meant oh, right. the um, playing tricks on people. Oh, 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 yeah, oh yeah. sorry, yeah. that's what I meant. Yeah. Like, it would have been if at yeah, some point yeah. in the first, because he just says, oh, I've spent seven years mm, trying yeah. to get through to him and then however many years trying to keep him locked away because he's pure That's evil. Right. That's so right. at some point, 
Yeah, what Donald Pleasant says, he's just a blank, emotionless. Yeah. And yet he's not. If he's, exactly. if he's blank, emotionless, he wouldn't stand there with a shoot over his exactly. head. Exactly. He wouldn't, that would, he wouldn't have that weird sense of humour yeah. of setting up <laughs> traps and stuff. So, so yeah. we said it in the previous episode, <clears throat> we, we thought, and I particularly thought that there's a childlike quality mm. to him. Right. Because he's okay. been locked up for so long. He was a child. Yeah. And then he does the, does, plays his game with his sister. <laughs> And then, and then there's the, there's a playfulness like when he yeah. stabs Bob against the wall, and he's like he's looking at tilts him. his oh, hair. Like he's, yeah, yeah he's like he's inspecting him. He's playing. He's like, did you enjoy that game? You know. And then he dresses up and puts even puts the fucking glasses on. Mm. He like cuts holes in the, the sheet mm. and puts yeah. the glasses. Yeah, because it's yeah, it's a game. That's what I think as well. Yeah, and that's what it comes across as. And that gets lost in the sequel. Yeah, he's, he just becomes a robotic, invincible serial killer, which is what he's. Is in all the others, and I yeah. think you've lost something. You've lost and that sort of playfulness. He's actually he moves robotically in the sequel. He's played by a different actor in the sequel. Is he? Okay. And um, apparently, in the one of the making of um, Dick Warlock, the stuntman who played him in the sequel, says that um, many years later he heard an interview with Deborah Hill, the producer, where she said, "Unfortunately, Dick Warlock just never kind of got the the, the movement style that the first guy did." And Dick Warlock said. She never said anything to me. Why didn't she take me on time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's annoying, isn't it? I mean, from an acting perspective, yeah. it's like you know, why doesn't the director? If it's not quite working, the director sort of, you know, maybe could have given them that feedback. You know, it just, it just wants. Even just yeah. wants. Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe they did. They just didn't yeah. take it on board. Like, <laughs> that's what I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> they never told me. Yeah. Like you always think, like you know, people like when Ray Winston does that accent in The Departed, you just think, did you know the director take it? What side of the point? Just go. Can you make? make can you at least try and tell us if you from like not from the East End of London? <laughs> uh, but yeah, sorry, that's, just, that's, just, that's an aside. And actually, that's the point when you think about it. Donald Pleasant says he's he's evil. He's just mm. and he's not. If he's been sitting in an institution for fifty yeah. years, just staring at the wall, that's not evil. I agree. No. That's if, he, if he attacked any well, institution and everything, it was, yeah. then yeah, yeah, that's not evil. It's, it's, just, it's, it's an unusual perspective it's, on that. Yeah, isn't it? it's just yeah. like how does how does he know he's pure evil mm-hmm. if all he's done is stare at the wall and not move or say yeah. anything? It's mm-hmm. like well, does it's a sense. Maybe it's a sense well, it's of well, thing. Which is why it's that, that odd, like, Irish, pure evil in the Irish. But I think it's interesting that, therefore, who's to say Dr. Lewis is actually right? Mm-hmm. The guy yeah. is clearly he's, dangerous. He's all he's and he's, so and you he's might, he, might, he might be genuinely yeah. supernatural. Well, there's that. But evil is a different thing. Yeah. 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 Well, evil's a, you know, it's whether even that exists. But yeah. I think it's in terms of like a horror film, the mm. concept of evil is a nice thing to put in there. And it's mm. nice to sort of say a person is evil. So yeah. it gives you that sort of sense. He's, of, the, he's this, the devil. This is a person that need, this is definitely the paddy. <laughs> you know, there's nothing, <laughs> be, the way, there's nothing to be misunderstood about this. The guy with a big knife, that's the villain. Yeah, he's the I do think that I think that actually adds to the suspense in that you never really understand what Michael's aim is or what yeah. he's going to do. But there's this character, Doctor Loomis, who's constantly mm. telling you this guy is evil. He's mm. he, he's an undefinable terror. Mm. Um, I mean, you can't quite put that together and in, yeah. in, into to something meaningful. But I think that the the atmosphere built is great. I think. That, yeah, know. yeah, atmospherically. Yeah. I don't know if maybe, maybe, perhaps the idea of Michael and his presence and his energy has somehow affected Doctor Loomis. He's been, mm-hmm. you know, because he's mad. He's clearly yeah. mad himself. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a different kind of madness. But he's mm-hmm. clearly become obsessed. 
and focus purely, you know, is focused on this pure evil. Yeah, the first time you see him in that car and he's just having a go at that nurse mm-hmm. and she's saying, you know, she's, she's saying, like, that's your medical opinion. <laughs> he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, it is. Yes, <laughs> it is definitely evil. Yeah. Okay. All right, doctor, uh, whatever you say. That's what I wrote on his prescription. <laughs> <laughs> I just, is, just going on, on a kind of tangent, when you, that of nurse, <laughs> but, uh, that nurse character, when she returns towards the end of Halloween 2, I think it's really nice to just they brought her back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She but also, it. what's really weird is because it's set like just a few hours later, there's kind of not a way to explain who she is. Well, for the audience, the previous movie was three years ago. Yeah, they don't, yeah. And when she, when she walks in, all of us goes, just goes, Oh, it's you. <laughs> I didn't recognise you. The last time I saw you, you'd been dragged out of a car by your knickers. I'm not quite... And you lost your hat. I didn't see your face. Yeah. Um, but, no, so, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of broadly agree with, um, with what you're saying, Howard, about the effectiveness of, of the movie. Because I think when it settles down, as I said, there is that kind of period in the middle where it does, there's not, the tension doesn't really work because it doesn't really... Seems to, it's it, it, like you say, Rob, it's a bit lacking in structure, which allows you to know what's going on. Yeah. But when it's towards the end of the film where it's actually settled down into Michael Myers is a killer, he wants to kill Laurie because he's his sister, he will kill anyone else who's in his yeah. way, and it becomes basically a chase movie. Yeah. Like a kind of proto of the Terminator, really. Yeah. Um, There's lots of slow marching down corridors, yeah. isn't there? That's, yeah. yeah and, and I think that's all kind of effective. As and it is quite enjoyable. Uh, I do, what it loses for me is that I like not just the, the suspense and the mystery from the original the kind of Supernatural Edge, but I kind of... These days I've come to think of Halloween as basically being a ghost story. Mm. Yeah. And that Michael Myers is a ghost. It's weird because he's a ghost who's not dead. Mm. But he acts like a ghost. Mm. He kind of appears and disappears. There's the mm. key scene where, where he kills Nancy Loomis in the car. Yeah. Where she can't, she, she's forgotten the keys so she yeah. can't unlock it. She goes to get the keys, she comes back and the door's open. Mm. And she gets in and then she realises that the door was open. And then he's, it's like, how do you get in the car? Mm. Without, you know, did he force the lock? Why, yeah. why didn't she notice that? Or anything? Yeah, you that's know. strange. Isn't it? Um, but he's, but the, the the reason she knows he's there is there's someone in there because the windscreen's fogged up, so he yeah. must be breathing. Well, yeah, yeah that's true. Well, no, yeah. his breathing is a big thing about it in the movie. Oh yeah, because it's all yeah. through the mask. So, yeah. like I say, I don't think he's dead, but I think mm. he's some kind of ghost. It, I don't know what he is, and that's what I find mm. quite interesting. You know? It's filmed like a ghost story, actually. Yeah, it? it's filmed when he suddenly appears or whatever, yeah. like mm. a, a theory of being in his white face. Kind of, it, I suppose because it looks a bit like a ghost story. Mm-hmm. Right. More than like a slasher. It is, film, I, I say it's filmed more like a ghost story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, in terms of like the amount of the number of deaths in it, it's not, yeah. it doesn't match up to like a slasher film. Does no, because there's like three no. teenagers killed in it or something. Yeah. And then the, the guy that he gets his, 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 his costume off the guy in the van at the yeah. beginning. But I was thinking, nobody knows about him. Yeah, they're yeah, probably still lying there. Yeah. I love that bit where Donald Pleasant's on the phone just going like, if you don't, it's your funeral. And he hangs <laughs> up and then he's like, oh, God, there's a van there with a lot of... <laughs> Let me just investigate this small alleyway where this body's again, been hidden in a fence. I love the low-budget economy. We need a fo- uh, scene where he phones ahead with a warning. We need a scene where he finds uh, yeah, some yeah, yeah. Why aren't they in exactly the same yeah, way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, There's only one lay-by on the way I to Happenfield. I think, I think one, of the, one of the more interesting things this plays with is a lot of films, do the, the idea is you don't show the monster too early. You don't show mm. 
the threat or the problem, you know, Jaws or what have you. That yeah. You don't see it, but in this, you, you see him, him almost immediately, you know, in, the in Halloween 2. No, no, sorry, I was just I was going back to Halloween 1. I was thinking, like, the whole idea of him, you know, him being he's just constantly appearing, constantly just popping his head. He yeah, jumps on the car like a yeah, spider, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. Just grabs up the back, you know, well, smashes it. Well, I think it's quite clever, um, not to be talking too much about Halloween no, 1. No, sorry. But, but in, throughout the movie, although you're right, you do um, see him early on. But you only see him in from a distance or yeah, in different true. ways. Like even when he's got the mask on, mm. you don't actually get a look, a, a close look. look at the yeah. mask until after he's killed PJ's hope. And I think that's the real chilling moment of that scene. Not when he kills her, but when he he looks up with the mask and he and he puts the phone to his ear and then just that slightly befuddled head movement. Yeah. And, I, I, and yeah, that just gives me absolute. There's chill. all those things that just add to it, and just mm. what what is he thinking? Yeah. Why? What I'd like to do is discuss for a little bit um, kind of the way other slasher movies have come out since Halloween and before Halloween 2 and how that might have affected the movie. I looked in the great book by Kim Newman called Nightmare Movies, published originally in 1983, I think, but revised several times over the years, and it's essentially my Bible. <laughs> and he's very good at, at knowing the great depth of kind of obscure lists of movies that are produced by genre. By genre. <laughs> so... Following Halloween, slasher movies kind of came in, and we had had, since 1978, uh, in 1980, Friday the 13th, Prom Night, Terror Train, um, and then in 1981, Friday the 13th Part 2, which, uh, and and I think this is relevant because Halloween 2 didn't come out until October, so all these movies came out before Halloween 2, right. and, and some of them might have been seen by the makers. In 1981, you also had My Bloody Valentine, Happy Birthday to Me, Mother's Day, Hell Night, Graduation Day, Pieces, The Prowler, The Slayer, X-Ray. Um, and there'd also been a, a, a kind of mildly successful popular movie in 78, so at the same time as Halloween 1 but much more graphic, called The Toolbox Murders. Oh, okay. Um, is, that, that, is that Toby Hooper? I think it might be. It might have been. I'm not sure. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, that's not the guess. You might be thinking of eating the lie with Crocodile. Possibly. It's not the whole title. It's not eating alive with the crocodile. It's not the title. Brackets. Eating alive feeds Crocodile. Maybe produced. I kind of think the key movie there is uh, Friday the 13th Part 2, which came out in June 1981, um, because the slogan for that movie, or the tagline was, The Body Count Continues. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of the, the, the atmosphere. Well, then, um, that, I mean, Friday the 13th Part 2, like, they didn't really have Jason in the, the first one, did they? It was the mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then he became a, a Michael Myers yeah. Yeah, he was. And it was sort of, it wasn't like he is in the later ones. In the later ones, I think he, they sort of took a lot from the Michael Myers big, hulking, strong... Yeah, unkillable. Ca- yeah with, a, with a mask on. Uh, but in two, he was quite wiry and dangerous. He was like a wild man of the forest mm. they set up in, in Friday the 13th Part 2. Because he's got like a bag on his head, and you see mm. one of his eyes sort of peeking out like that. <laughs> and he carries a pitchfork, and he wears like overalls, and he just he lives in, in the woods. Mm. And they set up that, you know, maybe he did... And it's nonsense, because yeah. he did drown in the first <laughs> one. But they're like, maybe he didn't drown, maybe he lives in the forest now. And you're like, of course he does. <laughs> for this film um, but yeah he's, he's quite different but he is anonymous yeah. killer and, and 
is as you say slightly unkillable because he gets hit and then he falls over and then he gets up again and stuff um, but I, yeah this, the, the difference between that and you can the, this, you can see similarities in, t- in Halloween 2 and yeah. Friday the 13th part 2 in the sense of like there is more bodies and there is more killing and there is more uh, prosthetic special effects and mm. people being pinned to walls and different things like that so you can definitely see the effect that one's had on the other Okay. Uh, well, well, certainly this was something that Carpenter was aware of. Right. Because apparently when they started making Halloween 2, um, their mission was to recreate the first film as much as possible. Okay. Um, and the director, Rick Rosenthal, was instructed to kind of imitate the style and, mm. uh, and visualisation of the movie and the level of violence and all that. But then Carpenter became aware of all these other slasher movies and how successful they were. And he became concerned that we've got to up the ante to compete with these. So he himself went to shoot extra scenes of violence to put into Halloween 2. So oh, cool. all, all the gruesome bits in Halloween 2, um, or not all of them, but probably most of them, the syringe going into the eye, the, um, the, the bit at the start that has no connection to the rest of the film at all, which is the, the kind of girl on the phone. Yeah, that whole sequence was completely directed by Carpenter and just then inserted. Mm. And, and they just shot a load of extra stuff and mm. um, basically to appease that crowd I think Kim Newman on the DVD commentary said maybe Rick Rosenthal had done his job too well he'd yeah, imitated this is the same film yes he'd yeah. done exactly what he was asked and, yeah. and the producers kind of realised that you know they had to change with the times I like that little scene where um, Michael Myers breaks into that house to pick up the knife because it sort of as you say emulates the first one because it's from his first person perspective and there's loads of that in the first one isn't there which is nice you don't see that very often in the film these days. I do like that. But yeah, he um, he comes into that. There's the, the elderly couple, doesn't it? And she's mm. like making a scene. She's like, hey, you want mayonnaise on your sandwich? And she's doing that. And the old fella's asleep in front of whatever film. And that le- that's the it's old always... lady from Jewel. Yes, this is. Lucy Benson, who's the wow. snake lady. Wow. There's all like, all, there's always old 50s films on the telly in these films as well. In one and two, there's all, you know, they're watching the thing from another world and they're yeah. watching Forbidden Planet and in this one they were, what's the other one? What's the one they're watching in two? Uh, Night of the Living Dead. That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Coming to get your barber, that's on, that's right. And um, there's this that first person bit where she's making the butty and she goes into the other room to speak to him and he's like snoring, dozing away and you see Michael Myers hand picking up the knife mm. and then he... He leaves with, but you see him in the back. He doesn't kill them. He just he stands in the background, like, and watches the film with them for a bit. <laughs> and you see her watching it. She's going to him, just like, "What are you doing asleep?" And he's asleep. And you see Michael Myers in the kitchen, just like leaning over, going like, "Oh, wonder what's on." <laughs> <laughs> and then he disappears, as you say. Like, it's sort of the, that's the only bit. He seems a bit more playful. Yeah. I think, but, yeah. And then he disappears. And she turns around and sees the blood on this on the board and the knife gone. And she's just like, "Oh." I wonder, what, I wonder who that was. <laughs> <laughs> but you say you say John Carpenter yeah. added. More gore, but the scene, those scenes aren't that gory. No. So what you really see is Michael Myers going like that, yeah. and just blood going in the face. Yeah, you do not see all guts coming out. Yeah. Really. But you, do well, you don't see that in the first one, but I recall. You don't see yeah. blood splashing. No, no, but it's still not that. No, it's not that. horrifying. But, but I mean, it's it's more. Yeah, it's, it's probably it's probably John Carter's version of yeah. that's his gore, idea of yeah. gore. Yeah, that's it's enough. Just, that's yeah. enough. Yeah. No, his idea of gore is the thing. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> but that's a different kind of. But you definitely see blood. I think that's. Well, you see more blood, see yes. But what I'm saying is, it's not as violent as some gratuitous other slasher films, which were around at the same time. My like my bloody Valentine, mm. yeah, which is very. I've seen most of it. It's incredibly gruesome. Mm. I, mean, I do like my bloody Valentine being said in. I, I look at it in a Yorkshire accent. Just like, <laughs> bloody Valentine. <laughs> Going around again. I mean, I haven't seen those films. Mm. So maybe um, 
actually Carpenter was trying to keep up with the trend yeah. and failing. Maybe he was already not well, graphic enough. Well, no, yes, I know. That's his idea of gore. Yeah. He's not really a gore director. No, yeah. wasn't at that time that, that's maybe it's just that he didn't quite have the practical effects because when you think of Friday the 13th it had Tom Savini who was very, yeah, very yeah, good yeah. at that yeah. that bit where Kevin Bacon is lying on the bed and he gets the, the arrow put through his neck you know mm-hmm. literally Tom Savini was underneath that with a bag of blood going squirt 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 yeah. squirt, squirt and ended up going all over him so that, that's you know maybe he just didn't have, I don't know who did the practical effects for it so I have no idea Actually, but maybe the guy just didn't have as much experience no, or didn't no, have yeah. it I don't know didn't have as much ingenuity <laughs> yeah, as Tom Savini. Yeah, maybe. the fact that um, you know obviously it's a, it's a fairly unique sequel in the sense of carrying on straight from the end of the previous movie and the continuity uh, the continuity is very strong with mm. basically all the key cast coming back um, and, and most of the key crew and it kind of looks the same do we like that and does that make it work as a movie on its own can you imagine watching Halloween 2 just as because I've never watched it on its own I've mm. lived every time I've watched yeah, it that's it's, carry, it's a carry on that's yeah. true it's, it's yeah. like I wish, I wish it was a carry on <laughs> <laughs> carry on Halloween St. <laughs> James is like a liar yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of think it makes it, <laughs> but I, you know, I hadn't seen Halloween for a while when I watched Halloween too. and you can it is a sequel mm-hmm. when you watch it it is a sequel so you know it's a sequel so you know stuff's happened before as a film, I, I, I do think it works on its own terms, simply because it is quite well written. It's mm-hmm. got Donald Pleasence and Jamie Lee Curtis, who are both great, and other good actors in it. And Hunter Von Lear, it's just mm-hmm. the best name. I just, I just hear Lars von Trier. <laughs> <laughs> which, 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 which character is Hunter Von Lear? He plays the, the deputy sheriff. He doesn't do very much. Oh, he gets he's quite a big tall, he-man looking bloke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the... The one that does that brilliant bit of acting when he's telling the sheriff about it is his daughter and he does this with his hand. And yeah. he sort of just, it's Annie! <laughs> yeah. That became yeah. me, my, my nephew yeah, watching yeah. the first time. That became, yeah. And one of them was Annie! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, how would you... That's how you break the news to <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your friend's daughter. In front of everyone else. You wouldn't yeah. just take him to the side and just go, we think we found your daughter. Yeah. You just go, one of them was Annie! You're, you're a cop, you should be used to telling people. But he sort of yeah. sets the scene news. as well. We found a load of corpses and one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like his initial reaction was, there's a lot of corpses, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Who are the others then? Well, I don't care about them. Oh. <laughs> I mean, and the other was your wife. <laughs> I think my, in a way, my only problem with the movie is I think that the, the script problems in terms of some of the structure and the fact that it doesn't really attempt to recreate that kind of the, the, the mystery elements that we've discussed mm. but if you get that as one side it's okay but I still feel slightly disappointed by the fact that they kind of get all these characters back but then don't necessarily do that much that's interesting with them generally Curtis doesn't get much to do mm. 
Um, Donald Pleasant's all his stuff is great, and I love all his new speeches, and it, uh, and it's probably his shining moment really. And he gets to go, "What do you fellas do? Fire a warning shot, right?" Yeah, yeah, and through the window, <laughs> yeah, 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 and all that. Right, yeah. He's um, always great. Though. Donald Pleasant is a great actor. Um, but I do find it disappointing that you've got like the first fifteen minutes of the movie where Charles Cyphers is still in it. Mm. And then they can't think. They, obviously, they have to deal with the fact that his daughter was a character in the first film. She's died. He's gonna find that out at some point. And what, but all this happens is they they tell him, and, he, and then he goes home. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't? Wouldn't it have been great if he'd like turned up later in the movie and he was vengeance crazy? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah that would. Work. And he kept, yeah, and he comes out with a yeah, he comes and gets Michael Myers at the end. What yeah. I what I really enjoy is the little interactions that Donald Pleasance has with him when when he just when he's, I think some of them's in the first one as well because it's hard sometimes to remember which bit happened in the first. Yeah. When he's turning to say, "Damn you for letting him go," yeah. and Donald Pleasance every time responds to him in a really low key. I didn't let him go. Like, <laughs> every like every every other person who like has a go about something, he gets he kicks off at them and he's yeah. like. Go move, go do this, and he's giving orders to everyone. And every time this copper says, "Damn you for letting him go," he's like, "I didn't. I gave orders for him to be locked up." <laughs> but he's dead understated. He's just, yeah, yeah. like he's just like, "I'm not having this argument with you. I've already told you." Actually, because <laughs> uh, I hate that moment in Halloween too, where they told the sheriff that his daughter's been killed, and he got and he says to um, yeah, Loomis, that's the bit I'm thinking. Of, yeah, he's, you know, he says, "Damn you, you let him out." Yeah, and uh, and. and um, Lewis's response is, yeah, I didn't let him out. I gave orders for him to be restrained. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always kind of hated it on the grounds of being lame writing, but you're right. That yeah, performatively, it's yeah. just yeah. very. He's just very like understated. He's like, I didn't. So just, I gave orders. Like he's, he's like, like he's sick of saying this yeah. to people. He's like, I've told because he says that a lot in the films, doesn't he? He says, I've told so many people yeah. not to let this guy out, and I, he, he escaped. I don't, I don't think it's ever cleared up in the first one. You might know why the escape happened or how it happened. Well, no, again, it's one of those things you don't quite know yeah. which suggests is he supernatural or yeah. what powers has he got one of the extra yeah. scenes in the TV version is in the, um, the it's like the next morning at the hospital and yeah. Loomis is talking to a nurse and she gives him a bit more detail about someone uh, one of the like the security guards was drunk or went, went, went off his post for a bit and he just and, and left a door open and it uh, yeah, there's a bit more detail but right yeah but it's still pretty vague all right, so they, so they, they, they do what you said well, before. They, they, they sort of get rid of the supernatural elements and just go, no, it was just a yeah. drunk policeman. <laughs> well, they are clear yeah. of the fact that it, Loomis obviously wasn't there. Yeah. You know, again, well, he clearly is because he's driving well, yeah, to the hospital, yeah, 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 so yeah, that's yeah. obvious. But, it's, yeah. almost, it's almost like he's, like, the way, the way he's speaking to this, the policeman, it's almost like he respects him more than everybody else yeah. and that he's, he's friendly to him and he, and he f- feels bad, you know. Because yeah, he's trying to get him on side. Exactly. And that's a more humanising aspect to Loomis instead of being, he's evil, he's bad, kill yeah, him, yeah, yeah. lock him up. True. You know, yeah. All this sort of stuff, you know. So I think, I think that's I mean, kind of a see, sweet moment. Because hasn't he said in a few times, it might have been in the first one again where he, he says... Um, he gives him a big speech about how he said, all, all I've heard from you is fancy words. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he said, and then he gives it, he said, Look, he's evil, he's done this, done that, 15 years and black eyes. And then he just goes, More fancy words. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at that point he just goes, Oh, right, bollocks. <laughs> Forget yeah, it. Not really that fancy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark eyes. <laughs> dark eyes, dark eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you're a local copper, but. <laughs> you're so fancy, you Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're completely fancy town ways. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love that bit where he just goes, look, this is Haddonfield, we've got families lined up here. I feel like saying that's every town, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what other town has got no families? <laughs> <laughs> Not lined up, just yeah, a yeah, yeah. locations. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a random streets here. <laughs> we've got families in swamps. In <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. 
So Rob, how did you find, um, obviously you watched both movies, mm. but specifically how did you find Halloween 2 as a film and did you enjoy watching it? Uh, yeah, I did enjoy. It. Yeah, I did enjoy it for the for the reason that it was it was quite late last night, and it was almost atmospheric for watching a horror film. And uh, I said, just watched the first one, so I got my head into the world and everything like that. And the second one, I'd, I'd forgotten most about it except that it was set in hospital. Um, so yeah, I did enjoy it. I thought it was it was a nice thing to to watch. And I got, got a bit weirded out by the weird dream sequence in the middle where it flashes back and you know some hanging at Washington and he says something like we're not your real parents and then another, that's another bit that's frustrating because they, they mm. clearly could have done much more with it but mm. it's just a really brief sequence and the dialogue yeah. is something like I told you I'm not your mother that's right yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that's it yeah. like, but, but it's, it's, it's set up in like it's such a like fake domestic bit like she's literally hanging washing out and the daughter's standing there yeah. <laughs> like, she, like she's come outside to the garden it's like this is what we do as a family by the way are you my mother no I'm not but um, uh, yeah, I did enjoy it. I thought it. I, I thought it was, I agree with you. It's, it's it's an enjoyable film for what it is, and it's nice that it follows straight on. And I like that it's adds. A, it does what a sequel do, should do for me is that it adds a bit more to the original and gives you a bit more. It's not just a complete rehash. I don't think it does add a bit more. It adds a bit more to the plot. You know, it says always. Oh, you know, it's the sister now, and it's. Um, uh, gives him a bit more to do and gives the other characters a bit more to do I think and expands on, on the mythology of it a little bit mm. more and it's obviously got a bigger budget with the car explosion and everything so yeah I think it's nice that it builds on it in that way nice one yeah well thanks Rob for watching it again and, that's uh, alright <laughs> I like the film I, I think um, in a weird way I kind of agree and disagree with what you're saying because I think it doesn't add more to the original it takes things away but in such a way that is fine for a kind of sequel which is more focused. You know, because the sequel is, certainly toward the last half hour of the sequel is very specifically, Michael wants to kill Laurie, that's his thing, and he's chasing her, and people are trying to save her, and blah blah blah. And it's, it's quite exciting and suspenseful, uh, and well done. Um, and I think it's, it's fine to do that for one movie, and, the, and you know, as a firm ending. Mm. Um, and I think John Carpenter and Deborah Hill uh, were aware that they wanted to end the Michael Myers story there. They may have known that the producers would want more sequels after that, but they were. Uh, I think they had probably decided already, and certainly the, ne- the next film in the series supports this, that they thought, we'll do more sequels, but they're going to be totally different. We're going to do what we want with those. So, kind of for one focused sequel, it works well. I think... The things that this movie does to the story in terms of narrowing it down to be about Michael Myers and his family and things like that. How fertile or not fertile they are for further exploration and further movies is debatable. And we will have that debate when we talk about later films in the series. But for now, yeah, I think it, it, it works really okay. On the commentary, uh, Kim Newman, I think, or the other guy who says, you know, they are, they are criticising a bit and say... Yeah, I know it sounds like we're knocking this film a bit, but believe me, it is so much better than most of the slasher films, mm-hmm. certainly any of the slasher sequels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. at least it's a, it's a good, decent, well-crafted yeah. film. Yeah. That you can I mean, I'll tell you what, when I, when I first watched it, I was disappointed. It was not what I was hoping for, but I sort of enjoyed it, but I thought it was kind of like a two-star film, two-and-a-half stars. And I, think I, I gave it my little review mm-hmm. down the night that I was writing this <laughs> 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 I remember that specifically, and I think to be honest, two and a half was generous on my part. I knew it wasn't really two and a half, but um, but then I went and watched 
Spoilers for later podcasts, but I, I, I went and watched all the later Halloween sequels mm. and pretty much hated them. And then <laughs> came back to watch Halloween 2 again and realised how bloody good it was and how well made it is. Um, and I mean, in terms of the later sequels, I'm, I'm re-watching them at the moment I'm, and I'm, I, I want to keep an open mind with them and, and, and kind of be less bitter about them than I, might, than I might have been as an impatient teenager. But I do... I stand by that Halloween 2 is really well made and you can clearly see that and, and I appreciate that. And I did watch it in a double bill with Halloween 1 the other week. I think it worked well. Uh, it was an enjoyable time. And actually I watched them in the middle of the night. I expected to be knackered um, and sleepy by the end of Halloween 2. But I enjoyed the film sufficiently that I was still wide awake and I still took Halloween H2O on as a kind of conclusion to the trilogy. And I recommend that way of watching yeah. them. I think that works. That's, really yeah, well. that's not yeah. bad actually. It's I was going to say there is a brilliant yeah. use of the song Mr. Sandman, which comes at the end by the yeah. Cordettes. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Sandman. That's true. Yeah. That's, Bring that's, me a dream. That's a really nice yeah. touch, actually. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's so incongruous coming at the end of the. Mm. And I've read bits of the script and that's about that. Yeah, yeah that is in the script. Mm. They specify in the script that that song is used, and they also describe the title sequence in the script. Mm. I think that's really interesting. I wonder why they chose that that song. Yeah, and the weird thing is, in the script, it even specifies the Cordette version. Because right, okay. there was another male yeah. voice version of it. I suppose, because that's, yeah. it, that, well, that version is quite light. And a female so version and a male version. Right. Mm. So it's bring me, make her. Yeah, it's yeah, 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 like. So it can right. be sung by either gender. And look at the song, it's like, bring me a dream. So is it saying, is this all a dream? Yeah. Is Michael Myers a dream? Or, yeah. or are we reading too much into it? It's an interesting touch, um, and it's one of the, the things that, that Halloween H2O picks up on. They use that song again, which I think is oh, really nice. Okay. Yeah, I think having watched them all as a trilogy, um, H2O, I think, um, stands as an as a excellent sequel to Halloween 2. I mean, you could argue that it's a better film than Halloween 2. We'll, we'll get into that in a moment. I mean, it's much wetter, isn't it? <laughs> it is much wetter. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but it's very wet. Yeah. Water thing to say. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, as a, as a final note, so Dan, you're, you're yes. the one among us who's not seen the film in a long, yes, time. A long do, time. Do you feel like watching it again? I, I would, yeah, I definitely would. And I, I, I remember, again, I have vague recollections of enjoying it. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I think I will go and revisit that. Definitely. Well, there we go. That's excellent. I, I did. I, I, I just remember. I was trying to think of like anything that kind of you know like dovetailed into a sequel. I think Hellraiser might do that. I think that's set on the same night. Oh, it, it is, is very close. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, think it's, right. I feel like it's, oh. it's either maybe the next day or possibly because yeah. she ends up in hospital Although, after the, the initial film. Weirdly, Hellraiser is set on the next night, but in a different country. That's correct. Because <laughs> yep. Hellraiser 1 is London, Hellraiser 2 is at the same house and the same characters, but it's America. <laughs> They've just transplanted. Well, I also thought that poster was so bizarre as well, the first one. It's so American yet English. Well, I, I, I think other um, people have kind of defended to me in the grounds that basically they wanted the first one to be set in America, but they didn't have the budget to make a London set mm. shot film look and sound like America. Yeah. But for the sequel, they did, because I think it was still made in England. Yeah, I think so. But they just they could they could get all the American accented character actors in and stuff like right. that for the sequel. But yeah, I think Revenge of Frankenstein starts by Curse of Frankenstein. Really? It does. Excellent. That's not that's, 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 that's but, it, but it is a rare thing. Yeah, it's, it's rare. It's definitely rare. Probably Halloween so. start. Yeah. 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 I think that's. Oh no.
Oh, that's good. I'm looking at that in a different way. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. It's been a really yes, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. and ladies. And thank you very much, uh, listeners, for tuning in once again to our podcast. Um, and there'll be many more to come. Next time, we will be discussing the uh, Black Sheep of the Family and the very interesting film, which is Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Bye. You have been listening to And Now the Podcast Starts. Produced and released by Ambidextrous Solutions Limited. Presented by... T.D. Velasquez and Howard Whittock with special guests Rob Stewart Hudson and Spider Dan. Special thanks to Greg Hume for our original theme music and to Brian Gorman for our original artwork. All dialogue and music clips from films, TV shows and trailers are used for the purposes of criticism in the spirit of fair dealing as defined in UK law and fair use as defined in US law. No copyright infringement is intended. Please visit our home on the web www.andnowpodcast.com for more content and contact details. Or visit our Facebook pages at andnowpod or at Lee Cushing Pod. Follow us on Twitter at And Now Podcast or at Lee Cushing Podcast. If you'd like to donate to us, please visit patreon.com forward slash And Now Podcast. And now the podcast stops. <laughs>